Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett, listening to the Daily Halacha Kabbalah and Machshava podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Erev Shabbos episode. If you're enjoying this content, you can head over to yisodeblocks.com and subscribe today. Support what we're trying to create, creating a Torah platform where you have all of the depths of Kabbalah and Halacha and Gemara and Machshava, all the layers intertwining and really showing, revealing portraying how this is actually one giant system, one giant framework, as opposed to a bunch of random ideas that seem like they're always fragmented or separated, how to actually understand the entire Torah altogether and see how it's really a map and a vision for the future of the world, the most sophisticated system uh, mankind has ever seen. So check that out at yesodblocks.com. You can subscribe today, support what we're doing, and get access to all that content. Because it's the Erev Shabbos episode, we are uh, explore, exploring a halacha from Hilcho Shabbos. We're still in the middle of Siman Reishon on Gimel. It's a particularly long Siman, 253, section 253. And we're in Seif Aleph still. We're trying to get through Seif Aleph, which is a very long, uh, just a long piece just by itself, the first section, the first piece of section 253. So the halacha that we're up to now, it talks about a specific case that's mentioned by the Ramah, the Ashkenazi Posek, in the Shulchan Aruch, And he writes here, Haga shte kiros. There you have two different stove boxes. So we keep talking about how in this section there's a specific kind of heating element that is called a kira, and a kira is like this box that has hot things inside the heating elements. It's coals or some or some other kind of uh, fat-based heating. Um, stuff in there. And so if you have this thing called the Kira, so in this case we have two of these, two of these heating boxes with a hole on the top, which is where the pot goes. You have two of these boxes and there's like a barrier in between them. So your the, the, what it says here is Ha'achas Grufa Oktuma. One of these two uh, heating boxes is Grufa Oktuma, which we discussed in previous episodes, means that the heating material has been taken out, either swept out or covered to blunt it, to, to kind of mute it. Vashnia in a Grufa Oktuma. But the second box that's next to it, adjacent to it, with this shared barrier in between them, is not Grufa Oktuma, so the heating material is still fully active. Mutter Lashos al Grufa Oktuma, you're allowed to leave something on top of the one that has had the heating material removed uh, uh, before Shabbos, going into Shabbos. That's what Lashos means. It means you're putting something on top of a heating element before Shabbos, so that way it can, go, it can, it can continue cooking into Shabbos. Even though the second box that still has the heating material inside of it is adding heat, to the side that is already uh, had the heating material removed, so you might have said, you might have thought in that situation, well, you can't really do that because now you're accessing the heating material on the other side, and there are two problems to doing that that we discussed already before, which is that if it's a if it's a heating um, box that has this heating material inside of it. So then the problem of leaving something cooking on top of that, uh, going into Shabbos, is that you either might come to stoke the coals and actually try to um, make the fire stronger, because it's uh, it's something which is very easy to do. We're going to discuss that a little more deeply in a second. And in addition to that, there's also the possibility that the food is not actually cooked, or not fully cooked. So then when you do that, you're actually making the food cook faster, which is also a problem. And also, the third issue is that it also looks like you're cooking, because you're leaving food on top of a box that has... Uh, uh, raw heating material inside of it. So here we have this weird in-between case where you have the heating materials in the other box, and it's it's right next to the box with one barrier dividing them. So it's kind of like this double stovetop situation. Um, and so that's the, the here the halacha is the Ramah says you're allowed to leave it cooking into Shabbos in that situation, 
um, because we're, we're not concerned that you're actually going to do any of those things or any of those things are going to happen. So the backstory to this, as you may recall, if you've been listening to this series in terms of the Hilchel Shabbos episodes, is that the, there's there's a few parts to the whole situation here. And the, the major point that we've been exploring in this set of halachos is that the Torah is not interested in you just um, stopping to do all malacha on Shabbos uh, in a way that is now undermining the capacity to enjoy the purpose of what Shabbos actually is. So the concept of malacha is where you are inserting your consciousness into the world in a way that brings the world to higher states of order. And the issue with doing that is that ever since the story of the Eitz Hadas happened, the story of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so it created this capacity for distortion in our perceptual landscapes, and that means that now we, we develop perceptions of ourselves based on our preferences uh, and, and those preferences form habits of perception. So we see ourselves in certain ways. And so our dynamic of malacha, whenever we engage in malacha, this, this, this ability to apply our consciousness to the world, to create something new, something with higher states of order, uh, with a, per, a permanent uh, change that actually creates higher states of permanent order. So then one of the issues that that creates is because we have this capacity for distorting our perceptions and developing habituated perceptions based on our preference, is that we are actually strongly attracted to our power of making change in that way, to our power of making permanent higher states of order in the world. And so what we do is we sort of funnel our consciousness, our sense of self, into this format of creativity uh, where we're changing the world in some way. And then over time, we begin to see, wow, look, I'm really leaving a mark. I'm making things happen here. And that leads to a, a deformation in our perceptual landscape where we start to actually over-identify ourselves with our creative power. And so the whole, all the, the, the anti-malacha halachos, uh, of Shabbos are about us pulling our consciousness out of these funnels, out of these creative uh, uh, fixations. And it's not that, that the creativity is inherently bad. We're supposed to spend six days of the week actually engaging in these types of creative activities to really bring consciousness into the world and create higher states of order that are reflective of the of the deeper purpose of existence. But if we continuously do that without any stopping, so then we're going to run into this problem where the distortions become embedded in our in our perceptual landscape, and we start thinking of ourselves as our creativity. And there are these 39 different types of malacha that we can do. And so each of, each of these are, are prohibited on Shabbos because they draw our consciousness into these distorted forms. And even deeper underneath all of that, just to remind you how the how to essentially do this journey, because that's really the whole point here, is how do we journey from the halacha that we see, which is just, okay, you are allowed here to leave some food cooking into Shabbos on top of a, a cooking element, as long as the actual heating material is not underneath that element directly, it's in the other it's in the other container, the other box right next to it. So in that situation, you're allowed to cook in that to, to leave it cooking into Shabbos. So underneath all of that, the, the going from that that structural practical halacha to the deeper concepts that it that it, it is essentially um, manifesting. So the the ultimate root of all of this is that Hashem basically can, when he when he designed all of existence. So there is this set of of framework rules that we call the seventh day of creation or the seventh phase of creation, really. And what that framework is is that Hashem made these rules stable. In other words, the universe and all of the different the different elements, the different physical universe, the world, the laws of physics are stable, repeatable, reliable rules or laws in terms of how the universe actually works. The laws of physics uh, are are fixed in the way in the properties of the universe. And what that what those fixed laws do when Hashem created the world that way what he was trying to do was the seventh day of creation was essentially this phase 
in which um, surrounding all of the the uh, dynamism, all the change, all the evolution, all the the new things that Hashem was developing throughout, like within the other phases of creation, there was this basic framework, this basic foundation underneath all of that of stable, repeatable rules. And so what that led to is it's and when, when the story of the phases of creation ends in the Chumash, so the ending of that story is that Hashem left all these he, he in in creating this this context of stable rules, it leaves room for us to do things. That Hashem left things for us to do. What that means is that that in a world filled with space and time, there's room for change, there's room for manipulation of things and, and creating and, and, and moving things around and, and create, creating new combinations of them to create higher states, high, higher results, higher, higher things. We can actually build and invent things based on the properties that are embedded in existence. And so the, that, that's what we mean when we say that Hashem was Barai Elohim So He left all these things for us to do here, to actually build this out into higher and higher states. And so that's, but that's all predicated on the assumption that there is a fixed set of rules that exists that is embedded in reality because we have to be able to understand what exactly is the nature, the properties of reality so we can then learn to harness it and manipulate it. And that's also what Hashem says in the in the early uh, in the in the within that actual story, the story of the phases of creation, Hashem tells the human beings that are created in that story. He says, "You should you should take over the world, v'chivshua. You should try to conquer it and actually bring it under your control, use it, build it, construct it." And then the story ends off with this phrase that Hashem basically left all these things in this structural way, so that we could actually build and do things with them. And so what you see is that what Hashem is doing with this seventh phase of creation is he is it's it's the completion phase. It's what it's what allows for. Uh, this whole context to be operational by us, that we can actually do things in it, which is why we have this language that we say on Friday night in the in the poem of L'chad Dodi. We say this phrase that's actually lifted from the Medrash, it's Sof Ma'aseh which means that the final action, the action of the seventh phase, the, the cap of all of existence in the linear, sto- the linear story of the Chumash, the Chumash's description of creation, which even though it's listed in a linear way, um, literarily, it's actually not a linear story. The seventh phase of creation was clearly present throughout the entire, all the other phases, it was a background to all of them, but in the linear format, the story appears in the Chumash, so the idea is that the ending of the story uh, is, is that it, the, the creation of people in their conscious form, they're being told to actually uh, to develop the world, and then Hashem ends off with this stamp of him stopping from making new things and leaving room for us to do things. So that's the Sof Ma'aseh, the final action, reveals the initial thought, the whole point of the creative story, the purpose of this place is for there to be room for us to evolve, to develop, to build, to create, and to constantly expand, which this is actually the underpinnings of the entire technological endeavor of the human race, of all of us, uh, since this all started. So technology is not some kind of separate area. Things that are, there's technology and then there's religious things. The Torah never viewed it that way, even though unfortunately in the religious, the religious, religiously dogmatic world that we live in, where religion is inherently often viewed as dogmatic and science is viewed as a-dogmatic, so in the, the Torah was never in that, in that camp. The Torah is about understanding reality increasingly more deeply, developing it, building and creating and making change, and then constantly expanding our capacity, our, our control of the world, of the universe around us, and ultimately reaching a specific, a specific pinnacle to bring the world to another state. And that's a, a longer discussion by itself. But the point is that that's how Hashem, uh, uh, when he when he in, 
capped off the process with the seventh phase. So it was designed to create this context. And then we are supposed to also engage in a similar process in which we also um, stop doing malacha to make room for our awareness of Hashem's presence and our awareness of our own selves, our own uh, the people in our lives, and awareness of our own process to sort of step back from the creative, the immersion in our own creativity to actually take a bigger picture view of who we are, what we're here to do. And the reason, again, like I said, the reason why we need that is because of the Eitzadas, because the Eitzadas basically created the situation where we can develop perceptions of ourselves that are very divorced from who we really are, and you can lose touch with huge amounts of your character, of yourself, of your tools, of your purpose here, of your awareness of Hashem, your awareness of yourself, and that's what the Eitzadas does. It basically creates a situation in which Hashem's presence becomes hidden, buried underneath all of these things that are much more much louder in our consciousness, much louder in our perceptual framework. And so we have these different mitzvot, these different halachos to actually help us to access Hashem's presence in our consciousness uh, and to bring that back and to undo the damage of the Eitzadas. That's, that's the whole point of all these different mitzvot. And so the, the, the whole concept of stopping once a week, what we call Shabbat, is literally, it literally means to stop, is to actually pull ourselves out of these funnels. And then ultimately it manifests in these types of halachos because what's happening here is when you actually stop doing malacha on Shabbos, you're not supposed to only stop doing it and then just sit there in, in a dormant state not doing anything. So you can't do bishul. You're, you're not supposed to cook things because that changes food to a state of order that's a higher, more sophisticated state. You can't uh, make fires and use fires. You can't, you can't turn on fires on Shabbos. So there are all these things that we do to basically prepare for Shabbos, where we have lights that we leave on before Shabbos, we have fires that we leave going into Shabbos for heat, for for heat, heating food. We have cooked food that either is already cooked before or cooks into Shabbos in different ways. And the idea is that we're not supposed to just shut everything down and just not have any malacha. Uh, benefits and utilities in our lives on Shabbos, because what that does is that actually will make you miserable. In other words, you will not be able to spend any time if you're not physically taken care of. If you don't have uh, homeostasis in your in your body, in your environment, in your in your in in the heat or air con air conditioning of your home, these are things that interfere with our ability to actually. Uh, develop and deepen our awareness of Hashem's presence. So all these halachos, like this specific example, look, listen to the, look at this halacha we just learned. It's like it's so it's so clearly about trying to balance the need for hot food and having some kind of good food to eat on Shabbos because we want to have those kinds of things in order to actually enjoy the experience of Shabbos. Uh, at the same time, we have to be very careful to walk the line right between malacha and not malacha so we don't actually end up doing malacha on Shabbos itself, which would then be undermining and violating the purpose of Shabbos in terms of the malacha side of things. So it's really a very, very fine line where basically you can think of it as, a, as the line between the neshama and the body, your consciousness and your body, and what that is is basically there is the consciousness side. You want to sometimes check in with yourself and be in touch with yourself in a deep way. And there are times that you need to do things and you can't focus on yourself. You need to focus on creating, on doing, on building, on acting. And so the, the six days of the week are designed to be about acting and about creating. And the seventh day is about pulling back and, and not acting. And But in the context of not acting, just being, to just be 
And by just being, then you can get access to the consciousness side of yourself and deepen that to the neshama side to actually really get closer to yourself, to Hashem, to other people, to explore areas that are that are buried within us that we sometimes ignore or that we don't we're, that we're afraid of looking at, and to actually talk and to think and to be in a much deeper way. So that's what we're trying to accomplish on Shabbos. In order to do that, we have to have access to food, to 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 comfort, to warmth, to create some kind of a context of 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 sustainability. So that way we can feel okay, actually, we can feel secure and safe in order to actually access those kinds of thoughts and let our minds really wander into those deeper spaces. So that's the whole idea of this halacha. It's just another example of these things. As we continue through this siman, we're going to see more halachos about cooking and about cooking into Shabbos and these types of ways. We're going to explore exactly where the lines are. And so please don't poskin anything. Don't make any decisions based on these halachos. You're supposed to learn all of them first to get an idea of how they all fit together, especially this siman. It's really very complicated. And in the end, we're going to do a summary so it's all very clear how it all comes out. That's, what, that, that, that's where we're going with this. So hopefully we will get to the next halacha in the next, in the next episode next week on Friday as we continue to move through these. Thanks again so much for tuning in, for listening. Have an awesome Shabbos. Looking forward to having you join me for the next episode.